November 2nd, 2009, and this is Radio Wave. Network Information Service. I'm Robert John. Prayer to Satan during MTV telecast. In September at the MTV Music Video Awards ceremony, actor Jack Black urged the audience to join hands in prayer. He then started the prayer with, Dear Dark Lord Satan, and then asked for the continued success in the music industry. Black added that the reason for their success in their music is because of the help of Satan. Our Lady has told us repeatedly that Satan is active, and before December 26, 1982, she said Satan has become aggressive. Professor Paul McGuire labels Black's prayer to Satan as just the tip of the iceberg of what is happening in our nation. Satanism is one of the fastest-growing religions in America. He adds, we can expect to see Satanists demanding and getting the same rights as any other religion. Black's prayer went basically unnoticed among most conservative and Christian media circles. The weakness and silence of Christians these days in the face of evil is deafening. Our Lady said on July 13, 1990, Satan wants, in this time, to be active through your weakness. This is the Medj Network Information Service. Moscow Mayor Promises a Winter Without Snow Human arrogance is on the march this winter. The mayor of Moscow promises to keep it from snowing. For just a few million dollars, the mayor's office will hire the Russian Air Force to spray a fine chemical mist over the clouds before they reach the capital, forcing them to dump their snow outside the city. The idea came from Mayor Yuri Lushkov, who is no stranger to playing God. Controlling the weather in Moscow is nothing new, he says. So far, the main objection of the plan has come from Moscow's suburbs, which will likely be inundated with snow if the plan goes forward. In October 1981, Our Lady said men are making progress without God, as if they were their own creators. And again on January 25, 1997, she said, Dear children, you are creating a new world without God, only with your own strength. And that is why you are unsatisfied and without joy in the heart. This is the Medj Network Information Service. 
Obama billboard draws attention. A billboard on Interstate 70 in Blue Springs, Missouri reads, How do you like your change now? Obama Nation, they are coming for you, the taxpayer. First and Second Amendment rights are in jeopardy. Live free or die. There is also a hammer and sickle on the sign, obviously meant to infer that we are walking towards becoming more and more like former communist nations. Our Lady said on November 25, 1989, Little children, I desire that your decisions be free before God, because He has given you freedom. A pastor who drives by the sign during his daily commute says he lived in England for years, and he agrees with the message. He said, We lived in a socialist society, and I guess what I'm seeing in America is that we are pushing to some of those ways now. God created us free. Americans are finally beginning to wake up as they recognize their freedoms are eroding at a rapid pace. Our Lady said on March 18, 2003, I call you to make a choice. God gave you free will to choose life or death. This is the MEDG Network Information Service. Cardinal Martino applauds Universal Health Care Initiative. As the debate over health care continues to heat up in the United States, many are wondering what to think. At the end of 2008, Cardinal Renato Martino endorsed government-sponsored health care, saying, The health of their own citizens belongs to the central government. The central government must provide that. So I cannot but applaud this initiative. But that is not how Joseph Natius, with the Coalition to Save America, said he sees it. Natius says, Man does not belong to his government. The government belongs to man. Cardinal Martino's statement, The health care of their own citizens belongs to the central government, is fundamentally flawed. Such a statement by the Cardinal shows an ignorance of what is government's purpose. Our Lady said on March 18, 2009, Do not forget your shepherds. Pray that they may not get lost, that they may remain in my Son so as to be good shepherds to their flock. Can a Cardinal in the Catholic Church endorse a law that will pay for, support, and spread abortion, euthanasia, and other grave sins? Not according to Catholic teaching. Some cardinals, bishops, and right-to-life organizations denounced the health care plan because it will support the spreading of the culture of death. On July 2, 2006, Our Lady said, Dear children, God created you with free will to comprehend and to choose life or death. I, as a mother, desire to help you to comprehend and to choose life. My children, do not deceive yourselves with false peace and false joy. Permit me, my children, to show you the true way, the way that leads to life, to my Son. Thank you. From the Medge Network Information Service, I'm Robert John. This is Medjugorje.com. Stay tuned for our regular radio wave broadcast, brought to you by Caritas of Birmingham.
ages past, God destroyed the sinful world in the waters of the flood. He chose Noah alone and his family to be saved upon the ark. Today, mankind is sinking in a whirlpool of sin, and it does not even know in what sin it is sinking. Who will save us from this whirlpool? Where is our ark to be found? Who is our navigator upon the stormy waves? The ark today is not of wood made by man, but rather in the opening of a motherly mantle, the star of the sea, Mary of Nazareth, mother of Jesus, the queen of peace, God's ark for us today, leading us to security, to peace, to a future. Will you allow yourself to be saved upon this ark? A new ark, a booklet by a friend of Medjugorje, available on medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000. 205-672-2000 A New Ark by a Friend of Metagoria Available through Caritas of Birmingham You're listening to Radio Wave with a Friend of Metagoria Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and tonight we'll be discussing the message received earlier today through Mariana. For those of you new to Medjugorje.com, to Medjugorje, uh, on the second of every month, Mariana goes before Our Lady on behalf of all non-believers. This is a special day set aside as a day of prayer for non-believers, and Our Lady gives a message on this day. So as we begin this broadcast, we ask that you open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. May we come before you as privileged people to live in this age, in this time, at the end of an age that's coming. It's in everything you speak, everything you tell us, that the world is passing as a flower, so to our lives. The only way to have life is to incorporate your messages for the way. Thank you for coming to us. Thank you for today's apparition to Mariana. Thank you for helping us. We beg you to stay with us. Our Lady Queen of Peace and Reconciliation. <clears throat> well, of course, today's the second of the month, and we have the prayer for non-believers that many, many people say to join Mariana to when the grace is going to come from some kind of release or some kind of special prayers that she has, that she revealed will be one day released that would sweep across the world somehow, allowing non-believers to experience God's love. That includes us. So as we begin, John, we'll let you go ahead and read the message so we can have some point of reference to the importance of what a lady said to us for this program. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's November 2, 2009 message to Mariana on the day for nonbelievers. Dear children, 
Also today I am among you to point you to the way that will help you to come to know God's love. The love of God who permitted you to call him Father and to perceive him as Father. I ask of you to sincerely look into your hearts and to see how much you love him. Is he the last to be loved? Surrounded by material goods, how many times have you betrayed, denied, and forgotten him? My children, do not deceive yourselves with worldly goods. Think of your soul, because it is more important than the body. Cleanse it. Invoke the Father. He is waiting for you. Come back to him. I am with you because he, in his mercy, sends me. Thank you. So in here we have two real aspects. We have Our Lady repeatedly talking about the Father and the importance of the Father, God the Father. And, uh, and the thing that's real striking and struck a lot of people was the material aspect that Our Lady talked about. And so we have a replacement really for, as Yvonne said once, that when material goods become so important in family that it replaces the, the children. It becomes focused and Satan can enter into the family. And, of course, we're absorbed in this whole thing in a material way, from production to producing to bring reviving an economy that's gone downhill back to bring back this consumerism. And nobody's stopping to think, is this from God? How can it be? Our Lady constantly tells us about uh, January 25, 2002. Little children, you are still attached to earthy things. February 25, 1999, or rather 1990. Renounce all things to which... You are attached but are hurting your spiritual life. Things that hurt both you and your spiritual life. October 25th, 2006. You are so blind and attached to earthly things and think of earthly life. Your hearts are heavy and tired for everything that is a grace and a gift. People don't want the grace. They want the thing. November 18th, 1983. Many have begun well, but they turn toward material goods. Our Lady's pointing very clearly the danger of this focus on material goods. June 25th, 1989. The world and material goods lead you into slavery. I was with Maria Anna during this, or rather Ivanka during this apparition. And uh, she said, pray that you're in great temptation and danger. The world and material goods lead you into slavery. Satan is active in this plan. And I remember in wonder, because really the, the materialism wasn't, even in 1989, wasn't what it is today. That something's changed. And Our Lady was prophetically telling us as a prophetess what was about to happen. And we are. So many people hooked in this with the economic situation, they can't get out of it. And so Our Lady has this whole plan and this whole way. And she's telling us before, and we don't recognize it because we're not looking at that. She talks about this material. April 17, 1996. You are absorbed with material things, but in the material you lose everything that God wishes to give you. November 18, 1983. They have turned toward... Well, I've already read that message. And it goes on and on and on. So this slavery that Our Lady has for us, uh, or warns us of, is through material things. And what happens is they become our God. 
You know, whatever's number one becomes God for you becomes an idol. We see people that idolize their cars. We see people idolize their diamonds. We see people idolize their money. They, they idolize the power. Whatever it is, the thing, the material, or the, the uh, attachment to these things. Well, the next person next door can have just as much, but they're not attached to it. It's like I've said before, the story of the monk who walked by the bishop's castle and was very envious of him. And he and his dog would walk by there, and he finally muttered to God out loud, you know, look at the bishop up there in that castle. And he heard God say back to him, you're more attached to that dog than the bishop is to that castle. It's not the thing. It's the attachment. It's your devotion. Who's your devotion to? So a lady really caustically, in some ways, tells us something beautiful about what happens to us when we... uh, have an inornate desire. Now, they told us, do not have any inornate desires. And to be so attached to a thing, or so attached that we have to have income, or money, or be out of poverty even. I mean, Jesus was happy. Because he was in with, in, within his home was heaven. He had everything he needed. That's why he walked on the earth. I'm, I'm speaking of why he walked on the earth. And so how can that be except for a family that has love in it? has everything they need. And this is important and fundamental to understand why they came today and said so much about the father. Because we've replaced fatherhood in the family with material goods. And these two things that she relates, father and material things, is what many people have lost their their focus on. And so we wonder why we can't be happy. We wonder why before us, when people were lived in much more poverty, they didn't have things were happy. And so we replace God the Father with these things, and we really, everything becomes an illusion. We lose our focus, we lose our way, we lose everything God's showing us how we're supposed to live. In this world 
Our lady said today in the message that she wants to point us to the way that will help you to come to know God's love. And um, you, as a friend of Medjugorje, you have uh, written many times on this subject. How do we come to know the love of God? We come to know it as children who witness the love of the father and the mother towards each other. That's how they come to know the love of God. And it's, uh, it's striking in this message that Our Lady has spoken so much about the Father, not just that she spoke the, the word Father on several occasions, but just referring to him. We counted maybe about 12 different times of a reference to the Father. So my question is, do you see a parallel? That she's speaking about God the Father, but do you see a parallel in this message? She's also speaking about the, the situation on earth, the family situation, and um, if you could speak about that somewhat. Well, it's no question it's a parallel because the representative of God the Father is, is the Father. Uh, the fact that, that it's that title that God himself gave himself as a father and everything a father should represent. And there's one thing that's being attacked in, in the world today is fatherhood. And our ladies coming because fathers are raised by women. She once gave a message that was incredible. It says, I give you, uh, I want you to be, uh, I give you a, a parental, uh, how was it, a parental blessing. And it wasn't a motherly, uh, a fatherly blessing, but it's parental. I won't, but it's, well, she said, actually, both parents 
or to help the young. And this this help or this love, people give love, this love should be parental. Uh, but she she spoke really for from the perspective of mothers. And also on another occasion on Christmas, she says, I will bless all the mothers with my motherly blessing and Jesus will bless the rest on Christmas Day. And so we see this, this whole focus on womanhood. And that's why God sent in the woman because the world is in, in sickness. It's in sickness of fatherhood. Who can come back except the woman can heal? A woman has great capability of healing powers, even in a marriage, tremendous powers. Uh, they don't know how to do that anymore. They've lost that. The feminist agenda and everything that comes along has changed that. Even now you can't say he anymore. You can say he, she. And we've got to realize the first battle we fight is the revising of our language. That's where things change. Not in the heart. It changes what we see here and read and hear and talk about. And so it's a, it's, you should be at war every time you hear somebody said, well, he, uh, when he or she goes to the grocery store, it's he. It's God the Father. Everything proceeded from him. It's an attack on the Father. And people don't have the wisdom because they lost the power of discernment. They don't understand this. I wrote very strongly about this on how to change your husband. It is a war against everything that we believe in as Christians to be using this verbiage, to say humankind instead of mankind. You are in a war. Don't succumb to that. And all the Christians I hear from the pulpits to, to, to the altars to, the, to everywhere, that they, they exchange this thing. And suddenly we have to have in political correctness, which is from the devil, and say he or she. He never excluded. This is exclusionary. This is not inclusive. He, mankind, man, all these things included everybody. All women, all little boys, all little girls, all teenagers. It's, it's totally inclusive to say mankind. To say humankind is what? They're trying to add animals now on the same level. Where does it end? It doesn't. So the war and the battle should be is you don't write your reports to your college student or in your school. You don't say humankind. You don't say he or she. You say man or mankind. Woman proceedeth from the rib of Adam. That's why she's wool and then man. And and God and Adam proceeds straight from the Father, God the Father, the Creator. So man includes everything, because woman is a man, and God. Made woman for man. So there's no mistake that all he's saying something here by mentioning 12, and then number 12, of course, is biblical. 12 times him, father, and he. Repeatedly, over and over and over, this this way. And so we have, you know, mothers to say, well, my husband's always working, or he's always doing this, or he's, he, he's at work. We're, we're true, but we have a disordered family life, a disordered way. Our lady's coming to tell us this. And, you know, love is the base for everything. And, and there's nothing else besides that. It, this is not just some good idea, love. The first commandment, love thy, love thy God is before all, uh, yourself. And, you, you know, and then you love your neighbor. The first two commandments are based everything on love. And so love is really not just the idea. It's the only idea. Everything is based in love. And so our lady is really putting this fondness into it to you for the father call him father and perceive him as father same sentence you know later she says see how much you love him 
you know, say look at your and see how much you love him. Is he the last to be loved? Surrounded by material goods, how many times have you betrayed, denied, or forgotten him? Invoke the Father. He is waiting for you. Come back to him. I am with you because he, and in his mercy, sends me. So, to establish fatherhood, I saw this a long time ago in the message and felt it, that our lady's coming back to show us God the Father. And in fact, I see her talking more about God the Father than her own son, Jesus. I've never looked at the message that way to count it, but I would dare say there's much more mention about God, the Creator, God the Father, love Him, and He and His mercy, all these references, because we've we've neglected God as a father. When that happens, you're going to see the fall of fatherhood in the family, and that's what's happened. And when you see that happening, you're going to see the fall of motherhood in the family. So you got kids that are tyrants. There's no love. And what happens? Yellen has said that, that children learn to love God the Father by the, by the exchange. Now, God the Father, not the father and family. The children learn to love God the Father by the exchange of love between the husband and wife. Isn't that interesting? The female and the male loving each other, the representative, through that unit, they learn to love God the Father. And that's why you'll always see strife in a family, uh, disruption in the family, and peace in the family, the destruction of total peace in the family. To whatever degrees, the worse it gets, the less faith they have in God. Some hate God because of this. They turn against Him. There's a real correlation with, with people who have a good relationship with a father that they have a good relationship with God the Father. And so this does come back to the family. And Ali is trying to establish that. She's showing how important it is for the family to have this proper order. And and the whole agenda of society is disorder. You know, what does the father do? It says right here, he's waiting on you. Come back to him. He, he's a provider. You've forgotten him. You, know, you want the material goods he produces, but you don't recognize he was the one that created these material goods. Recognize that. And so we have the same thing in the, fa- the Father on, on earth. We have a chasing of materialism. He's trying to provide for his family. He gets lost in this. He loses his way. The wife loses her way. And you have the destruction of family. This is a really incredible message. You know, there's not a difference... We've we, we got to realize the integrity of the family, the integrity of the individual who's raised in the family. And today we don't have a, a proper um, correlation of, of our lives and our testimonies. What is your testimony? What is it you go around talking about? What is, what is that and how do you live that? And what is the closeness of that testimony that you pronounce and the way you live? Is it close? Is it a great distance? The closer it is that you measure, that it's almost immeasurable, people are going to say, that person's authentic. And you're going to be able to convict them. The greater distance from your life and the way you live and your testimony, you become a hypocrisy to people. And so we have families supposed to be families which are families at all. So the integrity of the family is destroyed. We have individuals raised in that family that has... No, no close measurement of their life in the way they what they pronounce they, they should live, and so 
there's nothing there. I mean, in fact, if you're already living this testimony of what you know's right, you, you're authentic. And because you're authentic, that's what Vizca says. You won't feel this life from the next, from this life to the next. Why? Because you're already living something. You're already living heaven, she says. And so the testimony we all know as our latest children, if we live that, and you can't even measure the difference in our actions to that to that testimony. This is the desire of Our Lady. She wants that pureness of, of Christianity. We just see de, de, a de-Christianization of, of society. We're falling apart. And the only way to do is gather around the Father. And that comes from the Father in the home. Build family. Recognize your importance. And you can say, well, it's just a husband. Well, a lot of people have power to change things. You know, the woman who rocks a cradle rules the world. All these little boys grow up to be gentlemen or mean men. And I see a lot of women just out on the streets being very mean, very impatient to the little men. And so those men grow up to be mean. Instead of mean men, instead of gentlemen. A gentleman. A woman makes a gentleman. The power's in her hands. And so that's why God's sending well, he said that. I am with you because he, in his mercy, sends me. For what? To bring us back to the Father. And until we understand this dynamics in the family and this incredible uh, thing, what are you going to live as a mark in your life? Uh, I've said it before. I saw a cemetery once had an incredible tombstone. It says, those who live in the hearts they leave behind never die. You won't leave any mark. If you have a lot of material things, grand houses and do things, there's no mark as, as far as greatness. Look at Michael Jackson. What kind of mark has he left? What kind of legacy does he have? You know, who wants to be impacted by that? Unless you're warped in your views and your worldview that, you know, as, as, as pagans. But there's no real mark on that. There's nothing lasting. There's not, nothing changing. But those who love... Those who live, those whose authentic life and testimony can't be even measured between their life and their testimony, they, they live in hearts when they leave behind, changed. And that's what our lady's asking for. She wants this time that we live in, a privileged time we live in, for us to understand that. And so it's important to understand this message that we look at ourselves as mothers, as fathers, and come to God the Father through that way. There's a there's a uh, real importance in understanding, you know, do, do, do we even know God the Father anymore? If you don't know the Father in the home, the mother doesn't know her, he doesn't know her, he doesn't know his wife, the kids don't know anything. And and this is the basis of non-believers. Uh, over and over and over, we see the pattern. One of the first things we seek when people want to join a community is what was your relationship with your father? And to the degree your relationship was, was good, as I said a little earlier, is to the degree that they'll be able to be better community members. You're damaged by this. A relationship with the Father is extremely important, and that gives way to a, a good relationship with the, with the mother. So these dynamics are, are lost because nobody knows who God the Father is anymore, and nobody knows who they are as fathers or the Rose as mothers. It's cold tonight, I heard her say She was staring out the window as I 
of you to sincerely look into your hearts and to see how much you love him. Is he the last to be loved? Everything 
every correction comes from us, or the beginning of coming from us, is to look to the Father. I like to say, He's waiting on you. Come back to Him. Fatherhood must be reestablished in the world. And don't blame it just on the man. All of society has attacked that. When Jesus was here on the earth, it was he who came down from heaven. And though he had no material goods and very little things, he never missed heaven. He had it all between that love of Joseph and Mary. And this is the essence. For it's Our Lady who says, I hope for the fruits of the family to be seen one day. This is the basis for peace in the world and for its future. God, all-powerful, could bring his Son into the world any way he chose. He chose the structure of the family. Family is therefore the most sacred institution which exists. It is why Jesus, Mary, and Joseph are referred to as the Holy Family. Family is to be a holy way of living. Satan hates holiness and therefore hates the family. Today's families need a model. Meditate on the Holy Family, which brought heaven to earth. Ancient Christian mystics tell us little Jesus, being raised between two pillars, whose love was as pure as fire, did not even miss heaven, for it existed in his home. Does your family and home reflect the Holy Family? Come to the Resting Place, a gift shop to help your family on the path to holiness and surroundings to reflect the same. The Resting Place at Caritas of Birmingham. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Listening to this about the Holy Family and particularly the resting place. Uh, of course, the resting place is the gift shop here at Caritas. And for those of you that have never been here before, uh, those of you that have never had the experience of being able to be uh, in the bedroom of apparitions here uh, or in the field here. Uh, These are very special places that Our Lady has blessed in a special way. First, the bedroom, the place where she established as the rebirth of the family. And for those of you that uh, are thinking about coming in December, for December 8th through 12th, uh, this would be the perfect opportunity for you to come and to reconsecrate your family in the home, in the bedroom, of course. December 8th through the 12th is one of the very few times of the year that the bedroom of apparitions is open to the public. And this is a period of time where you could come and give your family into the hands of Our Lady for the rebirth of your own family. And so we encourage you to keep that in mind. And we also encourage you as well, the resting place here is is unlike any other uh, gift shop. It's not a normal gift shop. The purpose of it, of course, like as the commercial said, is to help your home to reflect uh, the Holy Family. And uh, for those of you that have ever had the chance to be here in the home, in the bedroom, uh, this is a place, of course, where you can look on almost any wall and find something that will lift your mind towards God, towards Our Lady, 
whether it's the hundreds of angels that are all over the house or the images of the Holy Family. Uh, these, are, these are images which evoke uh, thoughts and holiness for your own self and for your family. And so we encourage you to come and to be present with us during those days and to be, have that time here uh, in the bedroom to offer your heart and your family to Our Lady. We, um, we see our, our, that on the grounds, everything we do is a part of the mission of our missionary efforts. And so we have always encouraged people to have our home altars to have that. You know, the statistics we've talked about before is, is so remarkable that more than half of all Christian marriages now end up in divorce. But if you pray, you do spiritual things together, it jumps one in 1,000. This is so fundamental, so basic. And it amazes me. This statistic is so amazing. And I think this comes from Dennis Ramey's Remy, uh, ministry, which is, what's the title of it? Uh, I think Family Life. Family Life. Uh, incredible statistic. They have a weekends called Weekends to Remember, which are, are very, very good. But the point I bring this up for is because our, our homes should reflect who we are. There again, that distance between us, and our testimony, and, and our lives. How, how far, ask yourself that question. Your testimony, what you pronounce and what you are, what's the distance from that, and how can you measure that to the way you live? The smaller it is, the more authentic you are. The further apart, the less authentic you are, and the more you become a hypocrisy to people. So we've done this as Christians. The de-Christianization has, has come as a result of our great distance from the way what we know we're supposed to live and the way we should be living. And so Our Lady is coming to purify this. She wants to sit in us. At the same time, many things are happening, and, and there's, there's great hope. Uh, there's some statistics I want to read you from uh, the, what we did on our last show, the financial show, uh, life in the life as we know it. Last Wednesday, was it Wednesday we did this? I think it was last Wednesday. So the, uh, Dr. Swinson had some quotes, or rather some statistics, I think I'd like to read you, because this is a result of the apparitions of Our Lady. Okay. What I'm about to read to you is coming because of Our Lady's presence on the earth. It is she who is the reason for this. She's the purpose of it. Her actions and blessings every day is causing these statistics. It's just not happening. It's just not a coincidence. And of course, he's quoting this as a future. He knows nothing and saying nothing in advocation of, or, or advocating this because of the message. But anyway... He writes, every day, 250,000 more people are added to the world's population. And every day, 70 to 100,000 are added to the church population as intentional believers, as opposed to nominal believers. Intentional Christianity is exponentially growing in both the percentage of world's population and also absolute numbers. In many countries... The kingdom is simply exploding with growth. Every week, thousands of new churches are born. The gospel has been translated into its 2,000th language, and mission authorities are talking about the finishable task. For the first time, there is light at the end of the Great Commission Tunnel. This is fascinating. I remember being in grammar school with the nuns fully habited, and it says that, that Jesus can't come back until all the world has heard about him and the gospel. And so we're headed to our 2000 language of the Bible being translated. 
an incredible thing. So what's happening as everything falls apart? Well, we knew there would be tribulations. We knew that this, the church would be suffer, suffering. We knew that there would be uh, a difficult time for all this. And so Our Lady's coming in this age to to show us, get with the Father. We've heard the horror stories of being fatherless. We've known the, the orphans and the people who never had a father and what kind of messed up life they had. We see this in the family. You know, where the father's not there and just the wife and the children are there. It doesn't work. It doesn't work even when the wife wants to leave and she goes, she knows she won't fare as good as the man. So we're trying to make the family, the blended family, the blended, blended family, we're trying to make all these things work. It does not, it cannot, it will not work. We need to be screaming from the pulpit to stop. Set up the proper order. Work your problems out. It's better off than the other direction. And we see a whole terrible society because of that. A philosopher named Nicholas Bedjavi wrote something pretty incredible. He said, A new day is dawning for Christianity in the world. The hour has struck when after terrible struggle and after an unprecedented dechristianization of the world and its passage through all the results of that process, Christianity will be revealed in its pure form. Then it will be clear that Christianity stands for and what it stands against. Christianity will again become the only final refuge of man. And when the purifying process is finished, it will be seen that Christianity stands for man and for mankind for the value and dignity of personal personality and for freedom for brotherhood of men, of nations, for enlightenment, for the creation of a new life. And it will be clear that only Christianity stands for these things. The judgment upon Christianity is really a judgment upon the betrayal of Christianity. So we have opportunity. Our Lady is bringing us to purify us, to purify our way of life. He talked about the creation of a new life. Our Lady says, I bring you into a new time that you're going to get to know God more. So when Christianity goes through this fire, when it's purified, it's going to be the only left things left standing. Everything else falls. All the perpetrators against it, all that mounts to it, everything. Rome failed. Look how mighty it was. Because those lights, those fires that allow themselves to be consumed by a physical fire, dying in the light of God is martyrdom. What does our future hope? We don't know. But we shouldn't grieve for our martyrdom. Whether it be we have to stay alive in the daily tortures and the crosses and the difficulties of, of living just as life in this time. This tragedy of broken family and broken life, broken hearts. All of which Ali wants to mend. It's the emphasis she says on the mountains when Ivan says, Ali pray for the sick because we're all sick. We all have non-belief. We're sick with the atheistic touch that's stripped right down into our hearts. It was the strongest Christians. And the more we pray, the more we love, the more we follow Our Lady, the more we see what we've done, the more we see we need to change. She's not content. She just recently told us, you're not holy enough. 
I've been reading her messages for 25 years. And she's right. I'm not. How about you? Conversion is a process, she says, which lasts your entire life. To your dying breath, you need conversion. Your last breath, you need conversion. So this is important to understand that right now, God's coming to us. He, he's, when, when you got somebody lost in the forest and you get a whole committee of a whole, uh, your, your troopers and your searchers and the guys that go look for you, you send them forth and go find them. And especially those who sometimes you send in a tracker. Somebody can read footprints. Somebody can bring their dogs in smell. Or just, I've read about these trackers. Incredible how they can find people. There's one famous one that has some incredible stories. And they call them in. Law enforcement people across the country will call this, this guy in. And that's what God's done with our lady. He sent her ch- to chase us, to find us, to bring us back to him. He's waiting for us back at headquarters. He wants us. So God's running after us. He's running after us through our lady. She pursues us. She's here every single day. Something we don't have in our homes. The mothers aren't there when the kids come home half the time. The mothers are the present. Are they somewhere else in their minds, a million miles away, to both mother and father? What attention are they giving to their children? Our lady's in pursuit. And God has sent that. And through our lady, he's running after us. That mighty God who created the universe is chasing you. And I told today, he's waiting for you. And then he ran to 
if I can actually put this in words well, but um, just in listening to the your last comments about God's pursuit of us, it's always difficult really to uh, accept that, that that's really true, that, that this love that he has for us who don't do anything pretty much except betray and deny and forget him. But he chooses Our Lady for this task to pursue us. And she chooses these six children who have grown up with her for 28 years. And it's through these six that these words are given to us to understand, to come to, to the call, I guess, the call to come to know who God is, to know his love through, through the mother. And I know just peering at the pictures of Mariana, when you really just look at those freezed frames of her gazing into Our Lady's eyes and the expressions on her face, it's very difficult to really grasp who these six people are and their importance and 
what role they have to play. And I know that often there's been this diminishing of who they are. But you, especially who have been so close to Maria and you've, you have so many insights from Our Lady, and just watching this woman, what can you express as far as your view of who these six people are that have been chosen by Our Lady for this task to give the word to pursue us and all men of the world? I've often thought of Maria as in God's thought when he told Adam and Eve when they lost the Garden of Eden, when he expressed the words to them that the things of childbirth would be her inheritance, basically, and Adam's, his would be the things of, or rather his would be the sweat of his brow shall he eat, toil in the soil. And then he turned to the woman, or turned to the serpent, rather, and said, the woman shall crush your head. And that woman, of course, is Revelations chapter 12. And if you start at chapter 12, many people say it's the church. But if you go to the last verse of chapter 11, just preceding chapter 12, which the Bible is written without these verses and these numbers and chapters, it says that I saw the Ark of the Covenant open up. And it's clearly a lady. She opened up, gave birth to Jesus. And if you go back to that one verse, it plays the whole thing and dispels this whole thing that people keep saying. It's just, it's just the church. The woman's the church. No, the woman was the woman in Genesis 3.15. When God says she shall crush your head and her offspring, that God had in his mind Maria because she's the one that has the monthly message of the world. She's the one that's coming to us through her, Our Lady's coming to her rather, and through her, the, the voice of Our Lady. She's Our Lady's voice to do battle with the dragon. She's told us, Our Lady, through Maria, through you, I want to save the whole world. She also says that she's anxiously awaiting for a triumph. So the triumph matches the woman of Revelations, who crushes the head of the serpent. Maria was known in the Garden of Eden. I told this to my wife one time in Italy when she was at a park. We was with Maria and she was off in a distance. I said, do you know who Maria is? She was in God's thought at that moment. I'm not saying this to patronize Maria. She's human. She has all human needs just like everybody else. But still, she's one of the six that's chosen. They and colleague with her for whatever their ministry or their mission is, and they have different aspects. But Maria, the voice for the message for the world, the medicine for all the nations is coming through Maria. And yet I know her as a person, on a personal basis. But I have to remind myself, what has God chosen her for? What has God chosen you for? To be apostles of the latter days. My commitment is to the message. We've suffered for the message. We put the message out when it cost us. And I'm, I'm obligated to that because God's put me next to Maria. And I've understood this. And our job is to make other people understand this. Don't take what she says lightly. Oh, she kids around. She jokes. She laughs. 
that these extraordinary people chosen in an extraordinary time for a, a, a mission that can't be measured in its importance. Our Lady said that January 25th, 1987. You cannot comprehend the greatness of your role. Maria does it. I've told Maria. I Actually, I told her exactly what I'm saying right now. You realize who you are. And in her humility, she dispels it. But I come right back to her and says, I remind her of it. She doesn't like to think about that and measure or savor it, but she knows this. At the same time, she doesn't. I don't. You don't. Nobody here in our mission does it. And you out there don't, don't know this. Because the lady says, you cannot comprehend the greatness of your own. We will not know until we get to heaven. The main thing is, is God's waiting for you. And the main thing is to come to this understanding. And then all these material things, all these things, even your mission is not important, but that you love God the Father, that you learn to love Him, that tonight you get down on your knees and get beside your bed and raise your arms up to Him and say, God, I want to love you more. I want to put you in the first place in my life. I want everything to be second. Where I've sinned against this, forgive me. Come to me, Father. Take me into your arms. Hold me close to your chest. The song says, He's waiting for me. Our Lady said today, He's waiting for you. Come back to Him, Our Lady said. It's so simple. It's so easy. And you can find your spot tonight. In the darkness of your house, arms raised, cry out to God the Father. He will hold you. He wants you. You need Him. He doesn't need us. But He needs us to love Him. He's our everything. And He sends to you His everything. His spouse, the Holy Spirit, His mother of His Son. And so it is we leave you and we say to you, we love you and we wish you, Our Lady. Good night.